Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. I like to move around a little bit, so bear with me. I also like to tell stories. Jesus told stories. Help people understand what he's trying to say. And I try to find stories that fit with our gospel learning and our theology. So I'm going to ask a question. Has anybody here ever heard of Yates Pool? No? I had some in the last service. Yates Pool is in West Texas. It was a piece of land owned by a sheep farmer by the name of Ira Yates. And during the Depression, everybody had a hard time, and Ira and his family had a hard time just making ends meet. And one day, these guys from an oil company showed up, and they said, we think there might be oil here, so can we drill? He said, oh, I got to lose. Sure. He signed a contract. They drilled. At just over 1,100 feet, they struck oil. That first well during the Depression brought in 80,000 barrels a day. Do you think that changed their lives? I'd say so. In the 60s, they went back, tested some of the wells, and they said, it still has the capability of putting out 125,000 barrels a day. To this day, it's still in the top 10 producing oil fields in the United States. Now, what's that got to do with Pentecost? (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Ira Yates owned this land. He was sitting on this land, a multimillionaire living in poverty. The original Jed Clampett. He didn't know what he had. You know, on Pentecost, when the Lord kept his promise, and sent the Holy Spirit down to the disciples. It touched them. It entered them. It increased their strength, their talents, everything about them. And from that moment on, the Holy Spirit lives in us. He doesn't just visit us. It's not somebody that shows up. Doesn't mean it hangs around in your house. He's in you. Ira Yates was sitting on land. He didn't know what he had. And I think Christians today are sitting 
on ourselves, not knowing what we have in the Holy Spirit. Not knowing the power, the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us. Are we holy? We are. Because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God told us that He is holy and He wants you to be holy. Why is that? Well, back when He created the world and Adam and Eve walked around, Adam walked with God every day, talked with God. Was he holy? Yes, he was. Was Eve holy? Yes, she was. And then the fall came. And they lost their holiness. And God's been trying ever since to bring us back. To have that holy relationship with us, his children, his creation. Now, we all have problems. We all have troubles. We don't pay attention enough. We have distractions. Anybody here been to a walk to Emmaus? What do they do at Emmaus? Take your watch away? Take your phone away? Why? Because it's a distraction. You can't focus on God if you're constantly, huh, I got a message. Yeah, you get a message from God through the Holy Spirit. We need to focus on Him. He says we need to go in a closet and pray every day. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to go in one of your closets. I know I have a hard time getting some of my closets. You've got to find a place and a time to pray, to be with Him, to hear the Spirit. Spirit's not going to talk to you like Charlton Heston from a cloud. Okay, there's no booming voices. It's going to be quiet and still. It's a nudge. You ever had those moments? You ever had those moments when you feel like you should do something? You get that little urge, that little nudge. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. That little nudge is the Spirit. Trying to get you to do the right thing. Now, sometimes you think, I'm going to do something, and you get that heavier nudge, and that's the Spirit telling you, no, you don't do that. Don't go there. We just have to listen. Because God sent the Spirit. Now, what? who is the Spirit? He's one of the triune Godhead. There's God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is separate and one. He lives within God and within Jesus and moves back and forth. I think the Old Testament, none of those people had the Spirit except Adam and Eve at the beginning. 
Now we have the Spirit. The Spirit lives in us and moves back and forth between Jesus, between God and you. The Spirit knows everything. Can control everything. Has power over everything. Satan likes to think he does. He fights, he tries. You know, looking at Satan and looking at all that he did to get kicked out of heaven. I sometimes believe, after raising my own kids, Satan must have been a teenager when he got kicked out of heaven. You know, he had that attitude. And he still has that attitude. I know better. I'm in charge. I control everything. He doesn't. We know that. God could end him that quick. He doesn't. Why? Because he's one of his creations too. We just have to tolerate him, put up with him, ignore him. That's the worst thing you can do to him. Ignore him. I did that to one of my kids once. He was yelling and screaming, leaving the room, slamming his door, coming back. I wouldn't say anything. I sat there. Finally, he came in. He goes, I'm just digging this hole deeper. I said, yes, you are. <laughs> That's Satan. And the power of the Holy Spirit lives in us. And we can say, stop. Just get out. You're done. Leave me alone. Leave my family alone. Go. He has no control over us. John 16, 7 through 11, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Because I am going to the Father, and you will see me no longer about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. Now, who's the ruler of this world? Satan. Satan is the ruler of this world because God's, God lets him be to a limit. But he's been condemned. Now, Jesus, in this line, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit what? The advocate. What's an advocate? You ever heard of a lawyer called an advocate? Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the advocate. He stands between you and God and says, look at what they're doing. Or, I represent him. He messed up, but I, he's good. He's there for you. Leviticus 27 through 8. You must be holy and keep yourselves holy because I am the Lord your God. You will keep my rules and do them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. We already talked about that. He wants you to be holy. He wants that holy relationship. 
He's not a guy that's sitting up here saying, okay, you got to do this. Just do this. He wants a one-on-one talking relationship with you. To be with you. He cares about you. Enough to give up his own son for you. In John 14, 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Now, Jesus said another, but he means the same advocate, the same Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. You're not your own. You don't own that body you live in. You know, every great artist in the world does what to their work? They sign it. They're proud of it. That's their baby. They created it. So they put their signature on it. You know what? God put his signature on you, too. It's in your DNA. When they do DNA sequencing, they give each little part of that a number. It's easier to, for them to, to look at it. And they notice that there's a repeating sequence. It's four repeating sequences over and over and over in your DNA. Well, that number they give it, if you take the Hebrew alphabet and use that corresponding number to the Hebrew letter guess what it spells Yahweh over and over and over in your DNA he signed his work you belong to him it's his body I always tell people when Think about what you do to your body because it's his. You know, it's like renting an apartment and saying, well, I'm going to tear out this wall. That doesn't work, does it? It's his body. We belong to him. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He guides us. He leads us and I said before he gives that nudge you may remember those old cartoons you know, the guy that stand there and pops a little devil over here and a little angel over here and they talk to him you know it's kind of like that only the devil's not there I mean he's always trying to do stuff but you know the Holy Spirit's like you know yeah do that you know if you don't listen sometimes it can be bad it's happened to me before Sometimes it can be good. You know, different times in my life, and I'm sure in yours, things have happened, and you look back, you know, wow, that 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 was the Spirit helping me. And there are times I look back and go, that was the Spirit giving me a good kick. You know, it's kind of like my old grandpa's mule. You know, he's had two mules. He told me about it. 
One was great. The other one he had to carry a two by four and hit it upside the head every now and then. You know, get his attention. I think the Holy Spirit does that with us sometimes. It's like, hey, wake up. You know, you're not you're not going right. First Corinthians two, nine through ten. But this is precisely what is written. God has prepared things for those who love him that no eye has seen or ear has heard or they haven't crossed the mind of any human being. God has revealed these things to us through the Spirit. The Spirit searches everything, including the depths of God. I said before, the Spirit knows everything. Everything that God knows, the Spirit knows. And Jesus knows. And since the Spirit lives in us, guess what? He knows everything you do, everything you think. You know, I've been asked before, you know, do we, do we really need Jesus? Do we need the Holy Spirit? Do we need them to go to heaven? Son, you need Jesus just to go to Walmart. I mean, it's bad out there. We walk alone. If we don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, I saw something the other day. I didn't say this in the first sermon, but I'm telling you guys. The whale lives in a world that will kill him. Okay? They live in the ocean. And eventually... The ocean will kill them. They will drown. Because what do they have to do? They got to go up and get air to live. We live in a world that will kill us, and we have to go up to get Jesus so we can breathe and we can live in this world. Because this world will eventually kill us. But we don't have to worry about that, do we? We know where we're going. We know what's going to happen with us. On that day when, in Pentecost, when the disciples received the Holy Spirit, they started preaching and singing and talking in languages that everybody around could hear and understand. The Spirit used their talents, used their spirit and enhanced them and made them stronger. And we know they went out and did things just like Jesus. They healed. They saved people. They restored sight. They did all these things. But was it them? No, it was the Holy Spirit that Jesus had given them. And after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and lived in them and stayed with them permanently. As Christians, believers, followers of Christ, He lives in us. He stayed with us. You know, we have an old hymn that I love called Blessed Assurance. It's about the Holy Spirit. 
you have a blessed assurance from God through the Holy Spirit. He's there for you. When Jesus was on the cross, God looked at him on the cross and he saw us. And when he looked at us, he saw Jesus. Because that's what Jesus wanted. When you look at each other, who should you see? Jesus. In everything you do, in everything you are, use the Holy Spirit. Don't, let's not all be Ira Gates sitting around on this wealth of power and knowledge and not tapping into it. I think Christians are a lot like him. We're multimillionaires living in poverty. Simply because we haven't taken advantage of what Christ has given us. And why don't we do that? Why, why don't Christians do that? I'm going to tell you. I think one of the biggest things we have that stops us from doing anything, he talks about it in here. It's so important to him, he told us 365 different times in here. Do not fear. That's what stops most of us from doing anything, isn't it? We're afraid of what people might think. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of success. We're afraid of everything. So what is fear? It's an acronym. It means forgetting everything already received. You've already received forgiveness from the cross. You've already received a blessing. You received the Holy Spirit. What have you got to fear? Nothing. Nothing. Why do you think Jesus over and over when he was talking to the disciples or anybody started with this phrase? You look it up and read it yourself. He says it over and over. I'm telling you the truth. Did they think he wasn't telling the truth? He was saying that because he's trying to get them to understand what I'm telling you is the truth. Open your ears. Listen. And it took getting the Holy Spirit in us to make us realize some of this. The Spirit dwells in, dwells in believers, and when believers come together, the church is present. Now, this is a beautiful church, old church. But this is not the church. The tornado came through and tore this thing down today. Would the church be gone? Nope, because it's sitting right here. It's you. You are the church. Wherever you hold a meeting, you can hold it out here in a field next to a pond. It's still the church. You hold the parking lot at Walmart. It's still the church. It doesn't matter where we are. As long as we keep the Holy Spirit active in us and listen and be his church. And yes, you can be a church of one. 
And it's not hard to share the love and grace that God has given us through Pentecost, through all of this. You know, you, you had something. Right? You get these nice little boltons every every week. How many of you leave here and you go out and eat with your family? Leave one of those on the table. Wow, you just shared a message. And what did it cost you? Nothing. But you don't know that waiter or waitress or the person clearing that table might see that and go, I was looking for a church. I think I'll try this one. You don't know what everybody's going through. Let the Spirit work through you in everything you do. So let's all be His church. Let's tap into the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's live to our potential that God requires of us. Yeah, I said require. He commands it. We can't ignore him. Now, there are times in your life you do ignore. You walk away from God, but, you know, you don't walk away from God. God's everywhere. I don't care where you go. You know, ask Jonah. He can't get away. He's there. He's waiting on you to turn around. How many artist depictions of Jesus do you see with him like this? Statues and everything else? It has nothing to do with the cross. When you go home and you face Jesus, that's the way he's going to be standing. You know why? Because you're going to get the biggest hug of your life. You're home. That's why he's got his arms out. He wants to hug you. He's waiting for you to get there. I can hear his words now. It's about time. So let's do what we can. You know, I think you, some of you saw in my bio, I have not been a pastor all my life. I was in the military. I was a combat medic, retired. We had a motto, don't leave anybody behind. Bring them all home. I carry that forward into my ministry. Don't leave anybody behind. Bring them all home. You do the same. Amen.